It's Wednesday, September 15th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, uh, the Indians splitting a doubleheader on Tuesday in Minnesota, uh, getting a good effort out of Tristan McKenzie in game one. And then Logan Allen looked like he was cruising along with a lead in game two before he ran into a, a four-run fourth inning there that, that sort of gave it up. Uh, the Indians get a split and uh, look to wrap up their season series with the Twins uh, tonight in Minnesota. Yeah, Joe, it was uh, kind of good news, bad news. Uh, at least the offense uh, kind of showed up in both games. Uh, you know, they scored late in, that, in the first game, scored twice in the, in the seventh to, uh, to win it three to one, to break a one-one tie. Uh, then they scored early in the second game, uh, three, a three-nothing lead in the second. And then, uh, you know, they, they were shut down, basically. And Logan Allen, like you said, couldn't hold that lead and, and struggled and gave up four runs in the fourth there. Uh, the, the big takeaway there, again, was uh, in the first game, Tristan McKenzie, again, uh, another really solid outing. He went, uh, what, six innings? And it was, the you know, the seven-inning doubleheader rule. But he gets the win, uh, strikes out, I, I believe, six in the game. Seven, uh, seven strikeouts. Seven, seven strikeouts. And again, he's he's commanding his, his fastball, and that's making all the difference in the world. Uh, over these last 11 starts for Tristan McKenzie, he's looked like a completely different pitcher uh, than the kid that was up early in the season and just had no idea where the strike zone was. Yeah, Joe, just uh, last, uh, last uh, seven starts, um, he's uh, three and two. He's walked five guys in 46 innings over that stretch, 48 strikeouts. He's only allowed 20 hits out compared to 46 innings, nine earned runs. I mean, he's on fire. He's, he's just, and it's all, like you said, it's all controlling the strike zone, cutting down the walks. And, um, you know, he, he, <laughs> I mean, I've never seen, this is like a light switch go day and night. You know, I've never seen that, you know, with such a young guy that, to uh, make a transition where he was leading the American League of leading Major League Baseball, you know, through the first part of the season and walks, and now he doesn't walk anybody. Right, and and he's just having the confidence in his stuff that it's going to be able to get guys out if he puts it in the strike zone. His his curveball is good enough, his slider is good enough, and and it makes his fastball play up when you know the 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 hitter the hitters have to respect that he can throw those off-speed pitches for strikes. He's, he's a completely different pitcher, and like you said, the, the light switch has gone off. Let's hope, let's hope it stays in that, that position through the end of this season and you know, in the early part of next season where uh, you know, he struggled early on coming out of the, uh, out of the gates uh, for Terry Francona uh, and, and the Indians early in the year. Yeah, and it, and it gives you hope, Joe. I think that's why the Indians think they can turn this thing around pretty quickly um, uh, next year when they put that whole rot rotation back together again with, with uh, Savali, Bieber, Plesak, then you throw in Quantrill and, and McKenzie, you know, that's a, that's a good, uh, you know, jumping off point to uh, go come back into contention and not have, you know, a five or six year, you know, rebuild. So I think that, you know, McKenzie is a big part of, uh, you know, that, that hope for the future, the immediate future. 
And where does Logan Allen fit into those plans uh, after he goes out there, like we said, uh, you know, looked pretty solid the first couple innings and then just ran into trouble again. Uh, his problem has been and continues to be this season, uh, the beginning where he just uh, sort of gives up a couple of runs and then just can't work his way out of it without minimizing damage. Yeah, he's been scrappy since his, since his latest return from, uh, from Columbus. I think he's pitched better. Um, but, uh, you know, he said he broke out a, a new kind of grip on his curveball and helped him for the three, first three innings. He pitched out of some trouble. Uh, but, you know, that last, the fourth inning got him. Uh, so I think he's shown improvement, Joe, but it's going to be a work in progress. I, you know, I, it, I think it just goes to show you that pitchers are different, man. You know, it's one guy, you know, can, can turn the light switch on and uh, another guy, he's got to grind a little bit. And it looks like uh, Logan Allen is, is going to have to grind through this and find some answers if he wants to be, you know, a part of this rotation in the future. Right. He's going to enter next uh, next spring training, you know, having to fight for a spot on the roster and having to, to fight again. We saw him, you know, this this past spring win a job out of out of spring training uh, with with what he did out there in Arizona. So, uh, you know, he, he's capable of, of doing that. But uh, whether he can, you know, put put this sort of up and down season behind him and, and show a little consistency. That's the uh, the big thing. I mean, you, you've got. Uh, now you've got Tristan McKenzie with a track record of some consistency over a stretch. You, you haven't really seen that over a stretch with Logan Allen. You haven't really seen that over a big stretch with uh, a guy like an Eli Morgan. So you know, he's been, Morgan's been in the rotation for, uh, you know, quite a while so far because of the injuries that he's, he's had to be in the rotation. Uh, whether he's shown enough to, to get serious consideration for a spot out of spring training, I think that remains to be seen. Yeah, definitely. And that's what, you know, that's what the spring training is for. The thing we've seen from Alan, uh, uh, I mean, Eli Morgan is, uh, you know, his ability to go at least five or six innings. He's, he's shown us that um, the results of some, you know, even though he goes those five innings, the results have kind of been a coin flip. So, you know, he's got the durability. Now he's got, you know, he's got to stretch that out a couple more innings and uh, you know, just, uh, learn how to keep the, the opposition off the scoreboard and stay away from that home run ball because that, that kind of hurts him at times. Well, speaking of staying away from the home run ball, the Indians uh, offense has been doing a pretty good job of that uh, <laughs> this month in September. Uh, you know, you talk about they were sort of up in June, a little scrappy down in July, up in August. Now they're down in September. Uh really they sort of gone the way that their, their top three or four hitters have gone. Uh, and if you look at Ahmed Rosario, who was a contender for American league player of the month in August, he batted what 375 and uh, you know, was, was one of the top hitters in baseball since that calendar flipped to September. Uh, he's, he's struggled. He's hitting 176 in September. And uh, you know, with the exception of uh, an RBI double last night has just looked lost at the plate. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know if it's fatigue um, or what. He's played full seasons before, but I think maybe just you know he was so hot since the All Star break that you know there had to be a valley in there. But uh, hopefully he can work his way out because it'd be a shame to uh, you know just kind of scuffle the entire month of September and take some of the luster off the season he's had. 
Right. I, I think he needs to, you know, really to solidify that. I, at the end of August, we were sitting here talking about how there's no way that this guy's not on the roster next season. There's no way that he's not your starting shortstop after what he did. He's your only, you know, consistent, reliable hitter right now. And then he, he basically struggles for the first two weeks of September. And now, you know, he needs to show a little something in order to, to regain that, that sort of spot in my, in my head, at least, I, I don't know what the Indians are thinking, but uh, in order for him to be a lock for, for shortstop next year, uh, he's got to hit something in September. Yeah. And I, you see a little frustration with him at the plate and we haven't seen that, you know, for much of the year, you know, he's been, you know, kind of a cool, calm, collected hitter there, you know, no matter what the results, but when you go bad, you know, you get frustrated and, and you see some uh, kind of, reaction by bad body language at the plate after you know some of those at bats lately so I think he'll come out of it I mean he's got the good stroke he doesn't try to do too much at the plate um and uh but yeah it would it would be nice for he, he needs to finish strong Joe definitely well and and what we haven't seen all season long was uh you know wh whether he was up or down at the plate we haven't seen it translate to the defensive side where it would affect him there but, you know, Sunday, we saw him throw away a ball on a, a crazy jump throw, trying to get a guy at second base. He threw the ball in a right field. And that was just something we, we really haven't seen in a while was, uh, you know, just an, an absolute terrible defensive decision, defensive play by, by Rosario there at short. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, that's the thing. That's the reputation he had coming in uh, from the Mets, you know, that he was not a real good defender. I thought he kind of, you know, put that in the background. He kind of, you know, played over that reputation for much of the season. But every once in a while, you'll see that. And, you know, he, he, makes, he's, he makes such kind of athletic plays. And he's, there's a lot of movement with him sometimes. And, you know, you don't know if that's excess or if it's show or, or what. And I think that sometimes gets in the way, you know, of just making a routine play or making a fundamentally sound play. Yeah, hitting 375 certainly masks some of that uh, defensive uh, shortcoming, I think, uh, for a lot. But but he's not the only one who's struggling. Uh, Jose Ramirez uh, struggling uh, again. Uh, you know, it, it comes in, in bunches more this season, I think, than any other year past where, you know, Jose could, you know, hit, hit for a little while and then maybe go over, over 10, over 11. But then he'd hit for a little while longer. Uh, this is he's he's been a lot more streaky than this year than he has in years past. That's a great point, Joe. Uh, I, I was talking to somebody about that yesterday that we've never seen him this inconsistent. You know that one, a couple of years ago when he went bad, you know, I, in, in he was just all bad. He was all bad for like five hundred at bats from one season and it extended into the the next and then he kind of got his game to back together again but we've never seen him this up and down and you know Joe I'm thinking I'm wondering if it has anything to do with the Indians being out of contention you know this guy has always had you know the pull that gravitational pull of, of the postseason to motivate him down the stretch or in the second half a lot of these well a lot of these guys have there, there's not too many veterans left on this team that have been through that but they were, you know, they were in the postseason last year. They know what it's kind of about. And uh, I think maybe that's, uh, you know, that plays into this a little bit. You're just, 
kind of playing for your numbers. You're playing out the string and, uh, you know, maybe you lose focus from time to time. Well, and, and then maybe there's something to that because you talk about last year, he, he really sort of carried the Indians offensively. And that was, that was when he's got, got consistent over that last month of the season, month of September, he got really consistent where it was, okay, they need you to hit in order to make the playoffs. And if you remember, uh, you know, that, that last Chicago series, he was getting, you know, walk-off hits, big hits, uh, left and right, just carrying the offense uh, at, at that point of the year. So, yeah, maybe there's something to that. Does, does, does Jose need uh, uh, a, a reason to play beyond, um, you know, just going out there and playing every day? Does he need uh, the, the call of the playoffs in the, in the distance to, in order to motivate him? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Uh, Framil uh, Reyes, we thought that he had shaken out of things in Boston. Uh, he was hitting, you know, tape measure home runs again. Uh, it looks like uh, he's he's searching a little bit at the plate as well. Yeah, he struck out 14 or 15 times in the last eight games. Just, uh, he, and, you know, DeMilo Hale, <clears throat> the acting manager, said, uh, you know, when, when Franville struggles, he, he starts taking pitches at the plate. A lot of pitches that, that are and get better called strikes. And he's doing that again, Joe. So I don't know if that's that's that seems to be a problem with him right now. Right. Uh, and, you know, that, that, that's something that Framil Framil seems to be a guy that he latches on to one little fix. Maybe it's something with his hands. Maybe it's something with his step. It, it, it's one thing or another, but it seems like he, you know, figures something out. It works for him and one at bat, and then he gets hot again, and just like he got cold. So, you know, maybe there's one thing, a little extra cage work might be able to, to get him back on track. But, again, we're we're running short on dates here, uh, Hoinsey. We're down to, what, 18, 19 games left in the season. So uh, if Framel's going to, you know, kick it into gear, then now would be the time. We did see uh, Bradley Zimmer, again, uh, just launch a ball into the upper deck. Uh, he, he actually tossed his bat down as soon as he hit it. The, the, there was a look of frustration on his face. Like, finally, you know, I, I, I sh sort of shook off and, and, and got one. Uh, he hit it off of Joe Ryan, who, you know, had been just carving the Indians up until that point. Uh, but, but Zimmer hit one into the upper deck in, in Minnesota, 451 feet. Uh, he's now up there with Fran Mill in terms of, you know, these Indians players who, uh, who, who launch 450-foot home runs, I think the two of them have the most uh, this season between the two of them. Uh, just uh, good to see Bradley Zimmer finally, you know, get a hold of one and drive it somewhere. Yeah, he'd been struggling, definitely, Joe. Even, you know, he hadn't, he'd been striking out a lot and wasn't making contact. And when he did, it was kind of soft contact. So, you know, that, that is that – maybe that's a good sign. I'm sure that's a good sign to, to uh, you know, make contact like that uh, and drive that ball. And Tristan McKenzie was priceless, again, with his – description of, of watching, watching, uh, watching Zimmer's limit Zimmer hit a hit, hit those kind of long home runs. Yeah. He says he wishes, uh, Tristan McKenzie said he wished that, you know, there could be uh, a camera on him and on his teammates at the moment that Zimmer hits those home runs because, uh, you know, their jaws just drop and that's the reaction that, 
that they have in the dugout. And, you know, it's great to see uh, the young guys like McKenzie, uh, you know, pull for uh, their teammates the way that they do. Uh, the, the clubhouse culture really shows at, at, you know, when, when good things happen like that. Uh, speaking of good things happening, Aaron Savali uh, had a, had a bit of a, a, a down day the, uh, the other day when he started on, on Sunday, uh, got roughed up uh, by the Brewers, but you know, who, who doesn't get roughed up by the Brewers uh, at this point in the season these days. Uh, but uh, the following day, Savali gets, uh, you know, so a, a bit of good news. He's the Indians nominee for the Roberto Clemente award, the most prestigious award uh, that uh, a, a player can win uh, in, in major league baseball uh, honors his character, his contributions to the community, uh, his philanthropy, uh, just a tremendous honor for Savali. Uh, I think the Indians are, are going to keep nominating Aaron Savali for the work that he does. Uh, I, I believe Brad Hand was the nominee the last year. And I think Carrasco, Carlos Carrasco was the nominee like the previous four years before that. Uh, Savali is a good guy to try and, and, and put up for this award every year because uh, he does a lot. He's active in the community. You see him everywhere working with kids and uh, it's just a, a really good example for the, the young players on the team. Yeah, Joe, you did a, a really nice story on him about working with kids at the lake at the, I think about Lake uh, the science the, center, the Lake, yeah, lake Erie, Great lake science center. That. Tell me about that. I, well, he, he's got a background uh, growing up in, in the, in the Northeast. He, uh, his father, Kim, worked at a Lego warehouse and would bring home, you know, smashed box, uh, you know, uh, Lego sets that he and his brother would race to put together. He, is, he said his brother was a little more creative and stuck the bricks wherever, but uh, Aaron was very by the book. He followed every instruction meticulously. Uh, it sort of inspired him to go into science, engineering, uh, mathematics, that STEM sort of. Uh, science, technology, mathematics uh, track. He studied mechanical engineering in at Northwestern or Northeastern University. Sorry, Northeastern University. Uh, and he's just always been, you know, inspired by science. So it was a natural fit. This uh, Camp Curiosity, uh, that's a summer camp at the Great Lakes Science Center. He volunteered there. He showed up, hung out with the kids as they were building uh, sort of they were, the assignment was to build a model of a baseball with Lego bricks, which is kind of hard because Lego bricks are square and a baseball is round. So uh, he was trying to help them solve the sort of equation, solve the problem of, of making a sphere out of a, a, a brick, uh, you know, implement. And then uh, it was just great to see him interact with those kids and, and then be excited for him. Uh, he and his fiance do a lot uh, with with cancer patients at Cleveland Clinic, and you know I don't think enough gets written or said about that. So uh, just the the constant throughout the season, sort of behind the scenes stuff that Aaron Savali does uh, with his uh, Pearls for Perseverance uh, Foundation, I think it's uh, you know great that it's he's getting a little recognition for it right now. Definitely, and. Uh... You know, Carrasco won it. I think the Indians had two guys win it. I think Tommy and Jim Tommy and, and Carlos right. Carrasco. You know, and they're, they're, it's a great award. You know, probably the most, like you said, the most prestigious. You know, off the season, off the field award that 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 a, that a baseball player can can achieve, and it's named after, 
you know, the great uh, Roberto Clemente who, you know, perished, you know, flying, uh, flying, you know, relief, making a relief flight to uh, Nicaragua from his right. native Puerto Rico. Right. This is, I believe today is uh, Roberto Clemente day throughout the league. Uh, players, uh, Puerto Rican players, uh, able to uh, honor him by wearing his number on the field, uh, as well as all of the 30 team uh, representatives. So Aaron Savali will be wearing uh, number 21 on his back today uh, in, in, when he's in the, in the dugout for the Indians. Uh, just a, a, a great, you know, sort of recognition of the life and service of Roberto Clemente as well. Uh, the Indians wrap up their season series tonight. Uh, another good matchup, Cal Quantrill going for the Indians tonight, Griffin Jacks for the um, Twins, the last meeting between the Twins and Indians, and if the Indians don't see the Twins again for a good long time, it'll probably be too soon for these guys. Yeah, and we'll see if there's any uh, lingering effects from Quantrill and uh, Miguel Sano from their little uh, confrontation in Cleveland uh, last week, and, you know, Griffin Jacks, Yesterday was awarded the Bob Feller of Valor Award, uh, you know, the named after the Indians uh, Hall of Famer and, you know, obviously one of the best pitchers in baseball history. So that that's kind of cool. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if uh, uh, Griffin Jacks receives the award before the game and and then goes out. And then if there's uh, anything on the field, any sort of altercation between the, it's the last meeting between them for the season. So if they're not going to see each other for a while, it might be, uh, it might be time to, you know, not dig into uh, too much in the batter's box. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to have a, a really good foothold at that, at that point. Um, uh, it'd just be interesting to watch. All right, Owensy, we'll, uh, uh, we've got an off day on Thursday and then we'll talk to you again on Friday from New York uh, here on the Cleveland baseball talk podcast. All right, Joe. 